0: Hello, everybody. This is Stephanie Hansen from the Makers of Minnesota. As we move forward into this time of coronavirus and trying to understand what our new normal is going to look like and what the landscape will look like for the people in Minnesota and the makers that serve them, for the restaurants that carry their products, for the grocery stores that stock them, for the farmers markets and events that are scheduled and hoping to take place, We will continue to try to give you the stories of the makers as we can. There are some technology challenges from all of us working at home and internet speeds not being as awesome as maybe they used to be. But we will produce stories and we will put them out and we will try to keep you up to date on what some of the local makers are doing. In light of this changing landscape, if you have story ideas or things you think that would help move the maker movement forward, please feel free to reach out to me anytime at marketing at gmail.com. Also on my Instagram, Makers of MN, my Facebook, Makers of MN or my Twitter account, Makers of MN. Also, you can find me at Stephanie's Dish on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. I look forward to helping us navigate these challenging times by providing a familiar voice, some laughs, and introducing you hopefully to some new makers and the new innovations that they are undertaking as we move forward in these unique times. Now on to the podcast. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to The Makers of Minnesota, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And today I get to talk about food, which, you know, is always one of my hallmarks. I'm here with Pete Sieve and he is the co-founder and editor-in-chief of Meal Magazine, which is a new magazine that has busted out onto the scene. They've got one issue that has published. Welcome to the program.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you. It's good to talk with you. Yeah. Give me a little bit about your background. Were you a writer at Heavy Table? Is that where you kind of came from?
1: Yeah, it is. I... um, I Mostly in my adult life I've been a professional musician uh touring around the country with a couple of different bands and and doing a lot of uh stuff playing guitar and, another you know. really easy uh, job. A really easy job. <laughs> yep, really really easy super uh lucrative. lucrative. You make a ton of money. It's really glamorous. <laughs> uh but I did I did uh, uh I started getting into food writing uh in about 2009 and I was always really kind of a a big fan. I I'd, I'd been uh, Geeking out on food stuff since college, and was a really big fan of a lot of writers. I went to St. Olaf College. Okay, Uh, you were an Oli. I was an Oli. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I always was just kind of really into the more uh, social political side of food, and uh, was a big fan of the Heavy Table in town. Uh, Read them religiously along with Dara and everybody. And uh, I kind of cold emailed Jim Norton at the Heavy Table one day to see if I could maybe try my hand at at, you know writing about food, and he was like, sure. So uh, I ended up being a staff writer over there for, for. for a good chunk of time. Uh, and it was great. A lot of, had a lot of good experiences there.
0: I have a lot of fondness for Jim and Becca. Becca sure. actually worked for my company when we first oh, started cool. it a long time ago. And I remember um, at that point I had a radio show, Weekly Dish, about food with Steph March and mm-hmm. they were trying to figure out, I mean, they were very early on in the space about how do you monetize like this digital yeah. format. And it's so hard. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. so hard. hard but their content was so good and when they stopped publishing the digital version mm-hmm. i was so sad he ended up going to the growler yep and you can find him there and i really think he's doing incredible content over there
1: i agree i i think the world of jim he's uh, he's my mentor in in this whole thing we kind of jokingly refer to him as the godfather of meal magazine yep uh so my 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 co-founder josh page was was also a staff writer at the heavy table so the ending of The Heavy Table kind of precipitated Josh and I putting our heads together and uh, and coming up with what is now in existence, which is the first issue of Meal Magazine. It was kind of a slow burn and slow build towards just kind of wanting to do something ambitious and, and staying in the food space, but trying to kind of do it in a different way.
0: What was it that you felt was missing that you took such a big risk?
1: Well, I, you know, I I think Josh and I have always just both been big fans of of. Deeper storytelling of kind of more complex, more three dimensional, uh, uh, difficult storytelling. Mm-hmm. Stu- you know, stuff that really encompasses more of uh, just the human condition and how we all kind of relate and interrelate through food and bev. And I mean, you can go, you know, you can go any number of routes uh, through that. So something I think that Josh and I were seeing in the space in the past couple of years was a lot of food coverage kind of falling away from more authoritative. Critical voices and 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 ending up uh, on like Instagram with influencers and things like that and top five wings yeah <laughs> which is totally fine it's just a different thing and um and and you know there there there's a, there's a real interesting kind of uh, split I think in media in general today where you know we, we do the, the the old school kind of journalism is kind of fading in a lot of ways and, mm-hmm. and things are being kind of picked up by. By people who have online presences who may or may not be experts in, in what they represent and, and generally will just kind of talk about anything if they're getting paid to do so. Yep. Um, and so I, I think it was partly a reaction to that and and also just it, it wasn't born out of a negative uh, uh energy space for us. It was it was it was kind of just seeing the landscape and what it was and wishing that there was uh, something out there. That we really loved, which maybe would be a collection of of really fascinating stories that that just take a look at, at humanity through food, and that's kind of what we wanted to come up with. And I think I, I was really influenced by the Lucky Peach. Yes, in a lot of ways, I was a huge fan. It was such a great magazine. They had some of the best food writers in the country. Started by David Chang, David Chang and Peter Mian. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they went under, uh, which was super sad. And uh, and, and, and,
0: and do you think they went under just because? I mean, it's obviously a difficult endeavor. They had huge, um, over time, they, I mean, they had mm-hmm. a full staff. They yeah. were selling ads. And do you think they went under because they couldn't fund it or because they just didn't know where to go with it?
1: I have no idea. I mean, I remember reading the, uh, Peter Meehan's letter from the editor in the final The issue, final Me Too. And it was, uh, I think he, he he was implying very heavily that it had nothing to do with them not being financially viable and that there were other forces at work that kind of, that That's forced what them I got to kind of shut the thing down, mm-hmm. and he seemed really embittered about it. Which you know, which is I can see why. It, it seemed like such a passion project um, for him and, and the other like editorial staff there. Yep. Um. So yeah, I guess you know, in the time span since the heavy table went away, um, Josh and I had just kind of thought about what we might want to make if we could make something, um, and it didn't even start off. Uh, we didn't really even start talking about a magazine. Uh, we, what we did is started an Instagram account. Uh, I remember <laughs> it starting. Yeah. And, and, and we, we roped in some of our other favorite, uh, food personalities and writers and thinkers in town. Uh, just, you know, just cause I think Josh and I are very, very, uh, <laughs> self-conscious that we're both two middle-aged white straight guys, you know, and, yep. and we have plenty of us in the world talking about things and, so we, we reached out to our friends, uh, Mecca, Mecca mm-hmm. Boss, who was editor food editor of the City Pages for a while, and she's just an incredible food writer and chef. Uh, and we reached out to Soleil Ho, mm-hmm. uh, who is just a force of nature in, in that space, and she has since gone on to um, now be the, uh, she was hired as the the head food critic at the San Francisco Chronicle, which is yep. super exciting, so... Uh, for a minute there, it was me and Josh and Mecca and Soleil and also Paige Latham, mm-hmm. uh, Didora now, actually. She's such a great beer writer uh, and and food writer as well, and she came on board. So the, the that was our little crew, and it was just kind of like a for fun, casual thing for yeah. us to do. Like, And I think at the time, we felt like we were kind of crusading for a little more authenticity in talking about food around town uh, in in the face of a lot of like, you know, Instagram presences that are a little more calculated.
0: I, I recall having lunch with Mecca before the magazine launched, but she was really rolling around, you know, what was her place Mm -hmm. and what kind of things was she interested in contributing to anymore? Yeah. She was feeling a little less like just doing sort of the standard restaurant coverage and wanted to look at what the deeper stories was. So when I saw the magazine and I saw her involvement, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense because she had been looking for a vehicle for that. Yeah, yeah. So you decide you're going to do this, and it's on Uh Instagram, and Uh that's cool because Instagram's free. Yep. And then how do you decide (laughs) you're going to actually publish something, which I owned a printing company. Uh Perfect binding, a four-color magazine on high-quality matte paper is not an easy task. It's not easy, and it's not cheap.
1: Uh, Yeah, it it really... it was the, it, an idea that started germinating in my mind. Uh, you know, it was like last winter. Um, we'd done the Instagram thing for a while. We'd kind of built up a bit of a following. It was fun, but it was kind of like, okay, you know, what else is, what are we doing this for, really? And I, I just felt like something in me... F- felt like I really wanted to try try for something a little more ambitious, and I brought the idea to the crew, and everyone was like, okay, sure, you know, let's do it, and I... Had
0: you ever done a magazine never, before, never, or even nope. produced an ad, or... no? God, no. No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a total naive rookie
1: rolling <laughs> into this thing. I mean, I've, I've had experiences here and there, and um, do some agency work and things like that, sure. but, like, nothing like this, where it's just all on me to kind of, like, figure this out uh so i at the time my thinking was let's just come up with a collection of cool stories from great writers and actually kind of reach out beyond the borders of the twin cities and and our region here and see what we can put together even if like i have to go to kinko's and photocopy and staple it just something we can make Mm -hmm.
0: um can i just stop for a second yeah that thought right there is the crux of the 160 some episodes I have done here. (laughs) And it's, you articulated it very well. Like there's something about the people that I talk to, whether they're making software or they're making a business or a a publication or a piece of art. Mm -hmm. It's just like it wells up in you and has to get out into the universe and see the light of day in some way. (laughs)
1: yeah that is that is exactly it it was just the thing uh you know and I think I had for a while wanted to do something a little more ambitious but it never really could kind of land on what that was just for myself mm-hmm. in in that space um and this was the thing and, and and I and you know Josh got really excited about it the team kind of shifted around Soleil took off uh because she got an incredible job, <laughs> right. right? For the Chronicle. She's like the most watched food critic in the country right now. And uh, and Mecca does a ton of things that Eat for Equity, and she's super busy, and Paige does tons of stuff. So it really came down to to me and Josh um, starting to spear <laughs> starting to spearhead this thing. And we just started reaching out. And I I, I thought of like, okay, like we want to make something that can be nationally viable. So what does that look like? What kind of stories do we want to tell? Like what's our angle? Um, and it really just came from a place for he and I of, of a desire for meaty, like deep stories that you can like really curl up with for a while and kind of process that don't, that aren't facile, that really just kind of
0: take you somewhere. Is it a compliment hmm. or insulting if I tell you that it felt like savoir? Uh
1: I don't really know because I don't really read Savour.
0: So Steph and I, my radio partner on Weekly Dish, uh-huh. really both... Uh, appreciated the coverage of Savor because it really her her and my takes are really different on things typically she Mm -hmm. really comes at it from like a journalist perspective and a storytelling perspective and I tend to come at things more from the eater perspective yeah of just you know does it taste good feel good is it a good experience do I want to participate in it and we both really like the in-depth stories that you could get there and Your magazine, when I saw it for the first time, I was like, oh, these are stories that I've been missing Mm. because you don't get something like that in a fine cooking. You don't get it in like an MSP magazine unless that's the cover story. Right. Because you're getting more listicles. You're getting more of a package that's put together. Yeah. So I really appreciated that longer form. Well that
1: that's a giant compliment I would say. <laughs> and thank you for saying so. And I mean that was the intent. And I think and I think that was kind of the thinking for me and Josh was okay, look, like, you know, there's a lot of publications out there and a lot of people and writers doing things like that, like all the things you just mentioned. Uh, and and doing it really well. Sure. I mean, locally, you know, at MSP Mag and, and Minnesota Monthly and uh, eater, you know, I mean, there, pages, there's co- yeah. there's plenty of coverage. Like, yep. there isn't really a whole lot of need for another publication around here. I don't think that, or at least for for us to do another talk best about the of next, the twin yeah, talk about the yeah. next best restaurant or the top ten burgers this year or whatever. Um, and that's just not the kind of you know. While I enjoy those things, and you know that that there's a place for that stuff in my life, I think. Josh and I are just similar in that we, we just geek out on, on, on the, on the, uh, reflective bigger stories, yeah. the stuff you're talking about. So that's what we wanted to do. And we reached out to, we just started reaching out and, uh, basically just opened up a business credit card and, and formed an LLC in my own name. And that's, that's where we, we did are. what every
0: good entrepreneur does and maxed yeah, it out oh promptly. My
1: God, Yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing we're confronting now as we go towards issue two is how to free some of that up again. But, um, it was really just a leap of faith and like, you know what, screw it. Let's just give this a shot. And and it was really uh, the, the one of the first people I, I, I reached out to was an old buddy of mine named Jake Luck, who's our art director now. But uh, he's a musician in town, but an incredible artist and designer. And I knew right off the bat that if we're going to try to do this, I just wanted to talk to him. And we ended up having a five-hour coffee conversation and just like, you know, yeah, talking about the possibilities. Yeah, it's very beautifully art thank you. Yeah, he, he just killed it. Um, and we wanted to... It was really important, I think, for me, and then Jake helped me articulate this even further to really just have it be a holistic feeling product altogether. Like a, it, it, you know, ju- it's just as much an art book as it is a food magazine. I think so. I, I kind of love, you know, it. How to how to, how to put this? I mean, you know, for any first effort at something like this, I think, especially if you've never done anything like this before, you don't know exactly how it will take shape. I mean, you can you can make all your plans, right? Uh, but I was pleasantly shocked and surprised kind of with what the magazine ended up being that it ended up being something far beyond what I was imagining in the beginning mm-hmm. because I was involving these other people who had different ideas and uh and, and and we really wanted to kind of have it thread the needle somewhere in between like art book, food magazine, uh you know, I mean there's a lot going on there and I, I think it's it's really just hopefully at the end of the day, just something that's got some beauty to it.
0: What was your first press run,
1: quantity-wise? Mm-hmm. Thousand copies. Yeah.
0: And is the goal to sell advertising? Is the goal to increase the yeah. press run, or is you crowdfunded it? People could support yep. you through Patreon. Yep.
1: So the biggest, oh God, it's the most important thing we did by far is to make the choice to, uh, to try to make this like more of a people-powered endeavor. So we, we went to Patreon as a platform, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been absolutely amazing. We have right now 171 patrons, and even when it fr- when we first put it out there, uh, uh, when we had people sign up, I was just, like, thrilled and shocked that anybody was like, yeah, I'll give you five bucks a month or ten bucks a month. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Like, there's people out there who believe in what we're trying to do, and we haven't even proven ourselves yet. And that's just grown and grown, which is wonderful. So that currently gives us this like baseline monthly support that we can count on, and it's crucial. If we didn't have that, there's no way we would have been able to make this first magazine. There's just no way. None of us have a wealthy relative that can toss us ten grand. Sure. Uh, so the Patreon thing is Is that, that big, about
0: how much it is for your press run? That only printing costs. Yeah. It 10, so that it doesn't include about ten
1: bucks per issue. Yep. Yep, and then about another 10 grand just to pay contributors and uh, you know Jake did art direct photographs the photographs and, and everything yep. all the art and all the you know and, and a big goal for me and Josh was to make sure we were paying people fairly because you know this is an industry where a lot of people get hosed and, yeah you get ten cents a lot of word. work for, for not enough money we've all been there uh, so yeah the, the patreon thing has been really huge and we're that uh, we're gonna try to really lean into that harder as we go forward uh, it just it just makes more sense it feels more sustainable to kind of have a community that believes in what we're doing that we kind of keep close and Mm -hmm. keep them kind of on the inside. It's kind of like having a backstage pass to how we make this magazine.
0: Yeah. And you can invite them to events and activate them in other ways.
1: Totally. So we're trying to get more creative with how we do that. And, uh, so, you know, you're listening and you want to support what we're up to. That's kind of a great way to do it is, I mean, even at, it's the way we're doing our subscription model too. So that that if you're a patron, you're a subscriber, even at the lowest level. So if you're giving us five bucks a month, you're going to get every magazine we put out, uh, uh, through, which will be two per year, hopefully, for a while, uh, plus tons of other stuff, which is like early access to the events that we produce or special deals. And, you know,
0: Tell me about like that. that, because a lot of magazines rely on event production yeah. as a way to fund the business. Sure. Is that something that you see funding your business? It is, and it
1: has. Uh, we we That was something that was important to me uh, at the outset for this as well, which is, you know... We're writing about people, uh, primarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, these stories are about, like, how we all come together through food. I mean, food is just, like, happens to be the vehicle that we want to use to kind of Mm -hmm. take a tour of the human experience. And I think those stories and, like, producing these stories and kind of making them and putting them out into the world, reinforcing that with actual, real-world uh, ways in, in which we can come together yeah. and make connections makes it that much more powerful, and it's just selfishly, I think it's super fun, and and, and I love to do that. So, we, but and but but financially and, and from a business perspective too, I think it makes sense because, as you're saying, I mean, you know, ten grand just to print, you know, just for the paper and yeah. the printing for, for a thousand of these is insane, and uh, um, and we're not going to get there, you know, not for a while at least with just our patrons alone. So we have done. T- two official meal magazine events so far um both of which were really fun and really successful and our goal with events my goal is is to make if if we're part of an event if meals producing or co-producing event it's it's just got to be something really special Mm -hmm. um we're we're trying to produce unique immersive experiences that kind of go beyond just a typical pop-up uh not that there's anything wrong with that it's just we we kind of have a mind to do them in a way that feels a little more magical. Um, Well, and I
0: think you have a brand identity now too. Yeah. You're, I don't, it's not, this is going to sound rude and it's not meant to be. (laughs) It's not really like hipster Mm -hmm. because it's a lot more sophisticated than that. But if I look at your magazine and then I'm buying a ticket to an event, Mm -hmm. I have an expectation that something more is going to happen than just a good meal. Yeah. Just in the way that the content is presented to me. Like, you're going to want me to think. You're going to want me to commune or connect. or Yeah that's great That
1: makes me feel really good because that's the goal. I yeah, think, I get I think that. that's good. I, if, if that is the case and you're connecting with that, that means we're, you know, we're being successful to a certain degree with our intentions, which is to, you know, I mean, I, I just think there's, there's plenty more room in the world for all of us to kind of like try to create something to special things together, you know? Yeah. And like, it is
0: interesting to think about that because yeah. one thing I learned as a business person, and it was a hard lesson mm-hmm. was that there is more when you're abundant with your, like if you come from a scarcity mindset, mm-hmm. you end up with very little. And Yiavang always talks about this, and the way he says it is so much better than the way I'm <laughs> saying it. But he talks about his dad. Yeah. You know, they had a lot of kids and there was food on the table, but everyone was trying to get their share. Yeah. And the way he talked about, you know, we are better if we are abundant in our thoughts than if we are scarce. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people are super competitive. They're afraid that they're not going to get their share. And I don't think it's very Pollyanna-ish to really open your mind up to be like, what is that? Right. If you produce good work yeah. and you lead with integrity and you present that into the universe, I firmly, firmly believe that there are no magic secrets here. Like, right unless you're doing something like, I don't know, Google AdWords, which nobody knows how it works, (laughs) you know, writing a story and putting it in a magazine and getting someone that wants to fund that there's no magic secrets. Sure. It's just about how you present that and how you put it into the world and thinking that, you know, we all have some secret sauce here. We don't like I was a publisher at city pages. I wasn't the publisher. I was the director of sales. And you know, every month, every week we had this publication and we knew how much it cost, and we knew how many ad sales we had to put into it. And that meant how many sales reps and how many calls they needed to make and Mm -hmm. how many presentations I needed to have and how many contracts I needed to write. And at the end of the day, it was kind of math. Yeah. And then Mm. the magic that we created around all of that and how you get people excited about it. And I mean, that's really what it was. And if you can catch that,
1: Mm.
0: like I have such fond memories of this very finite window of time at city pages where we were just killing it mm-hmm. and really delivering for the advertisers for the readers for the writers for the team yeah, that we had coming together yeah so yeah. i when you talk about like putting this together i get really jazzed for you because <laughs> it can cool. be super fun
1: <laughs> well thank you i'm glad yeah it, it it is fun it's uh you know we're all me gosh me you know i'm i'm tentatively the leader of this thing along with Josh and like, you know, we're, we're newbies. We, we, we're writers and we're, I think we're good writers and we, we, we know how to, we know what we're looking for. And I think we're really good curators. Um, and I think we've done something really special and really proud of what we've made, but But is it it, more work than you thought? Oh God, it's so daunting. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy pants. Like, man, like just shifting, steering, turning the ship from pointing in the direction of just kind of like, Production and finishing the magazine and like just making the thing, now to to the, to shifting it in this other direction, which is oh now we're a publisher, and what does that mean? And, yeah, you know, because we have you to could... sell this thing, we have to get press, we have to like try to figure out how to do the next one, and
0: and what is the brand and is exactly. the brand extensions and it's a lot to it... juggle. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm
1: realizing that there's there's more there's all of a sudden all these hats hanging on my on my on my coat rack, and I got. Is it exciting to or? It's super exciting, yeah. I generally feel really, really excited and thrilled about it. I mean, anything I think that any one of us tries to do like this in our lives that has an inherent amount of risk and kind of like, you know, a high probability of failure is is stressful too, and, and it, that's just part of the deal, but I think as long as I can kind of live in that headspace on a day-to-day basis, being like, you know, this is like something we all believe in, and like a lot of other people are believing in it too, and man, that feels good, and... And, you know, just to kind of lean into that that energy space a little bit more and 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 give ourselves, and I really can only speak for myself, but give myself a bit of a break and understand that I don't have to know exactly what I'm doing all at once right away. I'm learning.
0: Tell me about We're that. Yeah. Because as a musician, <clears throat> mm-hmm. that's probably really a different line of thinking for you. Because, you know, mm-hmm. when you're a musician, like, you play what you know, and sure. you improve upon your craft, and you don't just pick up an instrument that you've never played before and think you're going to make a record, yeah, yeah. which is kind of what you did here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I I've, I've likened the process of making this magazine to making a record many, many times. Cause it's my, it's really my closest point of reference. And I've made, I've been a part of made, making a lot of records. In yeah. Um, But yeah, as far as that goes, I mean like it's, it's just a, I've been learning that it's just so, 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 so important to just, Talk to as many as many people as I can. Yeah, because you never know. Have the like, coffee meetings. Like, mm-hmm. just stay open.
0: Do you think you'll incorporate ads?
1: We did in the first issue, uh, so yeah, that's something I meant to answer earlier because you asked. But we we did we setting off with this thing. I mean, ideally, you know, anybody would love to not have to have ads in their magazine. Sure. If, if you're making an artful publication, yeah, because uh, it's a disruptor. Right. But we, I, I wanted to kind of balance that out uh, because I just know I don't think. It's super realistic to expect to be able to crowdfund every issue. Uh uh and and I think there's a lot of really good opportunities to to partner with like brands and companies that we actually really love and believe in. And I think, you know, as a brand and as who we are behind this thing, like we we have a certain set of values. We're not trying to like we don't have like a, a, a heavy mission statement like carved into the magazine like, you know. We we're trying to just kind of show that in what we're producing and not telling it so much. Mm-hmm. And I think there's plenty of brands and companies out there that we that that are that align with us in that way and that we we would be proud to kind of partner with in a way that makes sense for us. So in, in the first issue, we did we did six full page ads. Um, and my choice in publishing this was I, I don't ever want ad space to be sharing space with content on a page. Mm-hmm. So we're only ever going to do ads if they're take a full page or a spread or something like that. Um, so we did. I reached out. Just with the personal connections Can I ask I have. why yeah. you thought
0: that? I just
1: personally don't enjoy flipping through a magazine that's been clearly, you know, there's people behind it who care so much and, you know, spend so much time designing and art directing it. And then, you know, you you bump into, your eyes bump into, you know, uh, uh, an ad sharing, sharing a page with you know, the end Like of the a junior page
0: ad where there's a couple of blocks of yeah. text above it and down the even, side. I don't even know the lingo, but that yep.
1: that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And and not and I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that either. It's just it's just not what I wanted to make. Yep. Um, and I and that part part of that came from how much I admired the design of the Lucky Peach, mm-hmm. and they they started off with no ads, but then they started doing ads, and the ads they did were very considered and you could tell that the designers worked together to integrate them into that magazine to make it feel natural. How much is a Um, full page ad? In the first issue, we charged a thousand for each. Okay. And Mm -hmm. I was shocked that anybody was willing to even do that, but it was great. Like we, we worked with, uh, you know, I reached out to people I know who have great companies in town Mm -hmm. that also have a bit of a national reach. So, uh, our benevolent, wonderful, Ever loving one. <laughs> I can't. I'm trying to think of a list of compliments I can butter up our ad partners with while I talk, talk about them. But uh, we got um, Bittercube in here. Sure. Uh, and, and Nick and that crew, you know. They were a Heirloom podcast and,
0: guest very early yep. on.
1: They 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 were willing to throw in and 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 and, and uh, uh, Bolo, which is the new mm-hmm. hard seltzer brand from Bauhaus. The, the Bauhaus folks are really good friends of ours, and they were willing to to buy an ad. And uh, the the Big Watt folks, mm-hmm. uh, which is the canned coffee brand of Five Watt locally, and we we love Five Watt. Um, I used to work there. I've known those guys forever.
0: We podcasted with them uh, a couple yeah, weeks ago. Caleb,
1: Caleb and Lee. Yeah, that yeah.
0: caffeinated water. I'm just oh, yeah, crazy yeah. about yeah, it. it. It's
1: so good. So they were they were super cool about about trusting us that we were going to make something great and putting putting in uh, uh, Alex Roberts at, at Alma. Sure. Uh, he, we did three ads in the first issue, um, uh, one each for the cafe, hotel, and restaurant. And we actually, I mean, Alma Cafe Alma kind of became the unofficial meal magazine office. Yeah. As we, like, I mean, could we just, do worse. Could it's do a great worse. Spot. No, it's a great spot. And like, it's just like the perfect all day cafe. And I just, I live so close to there, and we just ended up having all our meetings there all the time. And. Uh, and they were always so nice to us, so it was really cool that, that they were willing to do that. Um, but yeah, uh, the, so so we did do some ads in the first one, which helped a lot. It covered like about half our printing costs.
0: Yeah. So uh, more ads, so if yep. you're listening and you're yep. interested in ads, that's great. If you're great. out there,
1: we actually just, uh, we're, we're kind of already trying to gear up for, you know, it. it, it, it I think the, the game has changed now for us. We we got the first issue into the world, and it's so much different actually having a thing to be like, hey, look, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Without having to describe it so much, you can actually just hand this off and say, check this out, this is what we're doing. And we're national. We're in in bookstores all around the country right now. And we're trying to, I think it's really important for me and for us to keep positioning this as being not stuck in any particular place. I mean, we can write about anyone, anywhere, and the bottom line is these stories need to just feel universal.
0: Do you think you'll zone ads then at some point? Because like an Alex Roberts, you know, yeah. hotel, yeah, but sure, sure. cafe maybe not having global reach.
1: Yeah, I don't really know. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing so. You know, it, it, this is just, I'm really learning as I go. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, it's, it's crazy.
0: So we're- <laughs> Well, we're, and on-demand publishing yeah. is making it more possible mm-hmm. that in the day, you know, you had giant plates and bigger runs mm-hmm. and- now with publishing, you can variable variably insert ads potentially by zone or by parts of the country, by state even.
1: Yeah, we haven't even thought about that stuff. I mean, that you know, if we end up having to think about that, I know we'll be in a good spot. That that would be yeah. l- luxurious. Uh, but for now, we're we're kind of just concentrating on moving towards the second issue because I think we've proven that we that we've done something pretty. Wonderful.
0: I when guess. will it come out?
1: Uh we're hoping July, maybe August at the latest.
0: And are you planning on uh, another event at this point?
1: Yes, we we're we're uh, actively kind of planning out 2020 for events. Okay. I think our first event that we're going to produce will hopefully be either very end of April or early May. Uh we we don't know exactly what that'll be yet, but it it'll be It'll be wonderful. Whatever so the best way to get
0: on the list <laughs> is to be a patron.
1: Yes. Uh, being a patron is kind of like the, the way to be if you're into what we're doing. I mean, it's, it's great. You can contribute as little as five bucks a month, or you can go up, you know, if you got deep pockets, you can go as high as you want. Um, and, and that way you're just kind of on the inside track with everything that we're up to. Uh, but you know, even just following us on Instagram is, is, is really great. Like we, we've been growing there by leaps and bounds, uh, We've got a really like quality, engaged audience, which is super awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's it's really nice to know that like people are just paying attention and invested in what we're up to. Yeah, it's like really. I'm rewarding excited for day. you guys. Thank you. Um. So yeah, issue two is coming. We're working on it. We're working on our next events and uh, trying to figure out exactly how to how to, you know, make some make some of these other uh, beautiful stories that exist out in the world kind of blossom and take shape. In, in the form of this magazine and in some other It's ways a great too.
0: time. There are so many good stories, yeah. and it's good to see some of the non traditional people in the restaurant business that have been there all along that we didn't get to see. Yeah. So whether it's the dishwasher or the person that is a cottage industry that mm-hmm. starts in their home. Or just people. I mean, we have so many people involved in the restaurant industry. People of color weren't very well represented. No, no. and to hear some of those stories and to just see what that experience is like because it is different mm-hmm. um, than what my experience would be. And just the food too. Like we're getting so much more adventurous, as it were. Of mm-hmm. you know, the Twin Cities is a pretty cool place. When you consider that we're not a very diverse population, we are pretty diverse from a food scene. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really, it's fun to have this be, I know it's national, but that it's birthing here.
1: Yeah. It, it feels good to me. Like, I mean, I'm a lifelong Minneapolis, Minneapolis resident and like all of us on the on the team are like, you know, rah, rah, Minneapolis. We love it yeah. here and we love what's here and we always want to be embedded here and kind of like have our roots be here. and and. We'll always be writing stories about what's going on here, too. But I think the stories that we do write that focus on anything around here, you know, I think are just just as they're just as appealing to, you know, somebody in, in Atlanta or Oakland. Yeah. If you're if we're writing about them the way we intend to. Yeah. Which is, which which is, is cool because it's a very truths. different perspective. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's kind of the idea. You know? Well, I hope yeah.
0: people will subscribe by being yeah. patrons of meal magazine Me Too follow you at meal magazine. I've yeah. been talking with Pete Steve, and he is the co-founder and the editor in chief of meal magazine. It's beautiful. And oh, I think you. for this, the listeners of this podcast that you guys are on the cutting edge, you're always, uh, highlighting makers and shopping local and trying to support local folks. This is a great publication to support. And I hope
1: you do. It is. Thank you. And I, I suppose I should add too, if you want to pick up a physical copy in town here, uh, we're at Majors and Quinn
0: oh, in Uptown, which is like my ever. favorite bookstore for yes. sure.
1: And we're at uh, uh, the Nicolet location of five watt coffee mm-hmm. and the Lindale location. They're, they're just sitting on the counter. You can buy them there. Uh, Winsome goods uh, in Northeast, which is an amazing uh, boutique clothing store. Uh, gifts, other stuff like that. And, uh, and we're working on some more spots. We yeah. got, we got more places coming online. Yeah. So. If
0: anybody is listening and wants to carry the publication too, yeah, you can d- reach out to me or reach out to them on their Instagram. Yeah, get in touch. I'm sure they're looking for places to distribute as well. You got it. Thanks Pete. Thank you for having me.